it's the next level. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. You've got it! Welcome to Chapter 1 of Still Afraid of the Dark. From the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Rob Martin. And I am Ben Beck. So this is our new show that you and I have been wanting to do for couple months now. We've been talking about this for a while, and we've been really excited to do this. And this is our preview slash pilot episode. Right, so expect probably over... We're doing about like 8 to 10 of these, I think, between September through October. Maybe one carrying early November, depending. Depending on how many we have. Right, right, right. So, uh, but basically what this show is going to be is you and I, and then random friends will be joining us. And we're going to be talking about... As we jokingly put it, something old, something new. We don't have anything borrowed, but we have something booze. That's right. So um, yep. so basically, we're going to be talking about a lot of family-friendly stuff. It's kind of all... Family-friendly horror, horror stuff, though. So Scary, like, things like that. Right. Yeah. So it's good entryways if you're introducing your kids to something in their, well, maybe like... You know, early tweens ages, and it's also with, and, and it's also good for us because we're going to hit a little bit of nostalgia as we're going along right, too. Because there's certainly some things we have on the docket for these episodes that were from when we were younger, but we still enjoy. Right. So, so yeah. But I know. So um, why don't we kick off what this one's going to be? But we'll give you a fair warning. Um, through this, probably don't expect the next episode to be quite the same. It'll probably be more like you, me, and one other person. This is something special we're doing. Yeah. So, because we're kicking this off. Well, not only that, too, also keep in mind that because this is a preview slash pilot episode, as with anything, uh, there might be some changes as we go forward, other than just people. The format might change a little bit. So, don't be too surprised if next episode's a little bit different than this one. Um, So, so again, this is chapter one, So, or as we like to call it, the tale of the scary story. So, we'll be talking about scary uh, stories to tell in the dark this episode, which is going to be the book series. And also the brand new movie. But um, why don't you introduce us to who is with us today? Yeah, so we do have some guests that are with us this week. And the reason why they're joining us this week is because we did go and see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, And we were all together in the theater when we saw it. So we figured it was a good group to bring in. Uh, that's probably the only reason we would have ever invited them into this podcast is because they were in the theater with us. That's <laughs> totally not true. They've all done podcasts with us before. I was going to say, essentially, this is a Caffeine Crew cast of podcasts where we're essentially recording our Halloween episode two months early. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Uh, but just going around, we have your wife, Kat. Hi. Okay, so you could say hello. <laughs> uh, we have our friend, Aaron. Hello. And TJ. I do not know why I'm here. Dude, <laughs> he's like I saw the movie and I don't like most horror things. So. Yeah, this is why I don't know why I'm here. I mean, we have to admit I kind of dragged him to the movie. I yeah. said we are going, and you're coming with. So, so but yeah, we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about the book series, which is what kicked off the entire movie that we got. Uh, but how do we want to handle the booze part? Well, we can talk about it now, and because it may impact our decisions and our discussions. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's so very, very true. What we're going to be doing, and that's something special for this show, is there's going to be a video component, which is something that Ben and I have never done for a show. So for every episode, I have created a drink that matches the story or what we're specifically talking about. So I like how we're talking family-friendly horror, but we're bringing booze uh, into it. Well, so, drinks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can also tell you how to make this a mocktail, though. That's actually not that difficult. So, oh, there you go. Um, so for this one, though, we're doing a drink called the Red Spot. All of our drinks, minus Ben's, are not red. <laughs> but the one that we show you how to make will actually be red. Where it is, it unfortunately, wasn't ready and finished being frozen. Um, so, But the drink we're actually having today is it's pineapple juice with ginger beer and black rum. So um, the red to it, though, will actually be a little bit of frozen. Either you can use grenadine or fruit punch frozen on the bottom of the glass, like hardcore frozen, though, not like lightly. Um, that will it will mix things up a little bit. Yeah, but check but, out. Um, hopefully, by the time this episode releases, there will be a Facebook page for the podcast, yeah. uh, and there'll be a video posted on the Facebook page shortly after the podcast releases. 
Uh, so shortly after you're hearing, by the time you're hearing this, you can probably go to the Facebook page and the video on how to create the drink will be there as well as in the description, we'll put uh, the how-to on the ingredients and the amounts and Super simple. all that yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, but we all have one in our hands right now. We do. Is what's going to make this interesting. And it is super yummy. It's very tasty. I said fen instead of fun, and I've had two sips of this. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm wait, almost wait. finished. Yeah. The cat is almost finished. <laughs> and meanwhile, TJ's double fisting with a with <laughs> side. So, um, but no, I, you know, like I said, they're going to be relatively shorter episodes, but I figured the good place for us to kind of start this discussion is talk about the book series. I'm sure everybody here has probably seen the book series, read something from them, seen the illustrations, something. Um, and of course, we're talking about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, more Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Scary Stories 3, and they're all written by Alvin Schwartz, and we're all illustrated by Stephen Gamble. So. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I re-familiarized myself with the first book. I have not gone back and reread 2 and 3, although it's, and it's been a long time since I've read any of them. But I forgot, you know, it, it, it is, it, it's, it's relatively a children's horror book. Uh, you know, children to young teen, young adult. And I, unlike any other book in my life, I got through it not only in a day, but I think in an hour. It probably <laughs> took me to reread book one. That makes sense, one. yeah. So, yeah, because I mean... Each, they were all very short stories. Two pages mm -hmm. at yeah. the most was each They were teeny each tiny. Story. They were just... It was the illustrations, I feel like, really stood out for that. It's funny. I have a very, like, vivid memory of sitting in my elementary library in second grade being read The Big Toe. I have this just... Oh, my God. And I don't remember. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember bits and pieces from that time of my yeah. life, like you do, you know, like anybody yeah. does. But that is just a memory that has stuck in my head. I, I remember, for me, it was probably the Scholastic Book Fair at yep. our school. I was oh, going to say that. Yeah. Like, seeing, seeing the head with the pipe sticking out of the ground, mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, that looks really messed up. And I'm like, so I was like, of course I'm going to buy that book. And being like, <laughs> first or second grade, because, I mean, I forgot that book is as old as I am. Yeah, it came out in 1981. Yeah. So, huh. um... But yeah, so it's it. I remember the illustrations for me were like they messed me up a little bit as a kid growing up. Oh yeah, they were lie. super creepy. Nope. So, so I wasn't allowed to read them. Gigi wasn't allowed to have fun as a kid. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's bad. Though uh, I knew I wasn't allowed to read them as soon as I saw them. I'm like, my mother's never going to let me read this, so I'm going to read it in the library. Yeah. So I read it in the library. And I thought they were hysterical. Yeah. And I knew the best way to do this would be to take one of the stories, this uh, the story with the woman looking for her uh, her foot. She's coming to the the edge of the guy's bed. Yeah. The big toe. The big oh, the toe. Big toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't the big toe. It's the big toe. Yeah, yeah. Right. looking for her toe. Okay. Um, and I memorized that. And um, oh god, I know where this is going. Yeah, one night after I, I shared a room with my brother growing up for most oh, of my life. Oh god! So does this story end with you getting kicked out of your house? <laughs> 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 um, no, I told uh, like we went to bed. The lights got turned off, and I said to my brother, "Hey, you want to hear a story?" <laughs> <laughs> I proceeded to tell him this story yeah. in the dark. <laughs> Like you do. Yeah. I mean, that's what any good <laughs> big brother does yeah. is terrorize the smaller children. I was eight, which meant my brother was six. <laughs> my brother, by the end of it, was screaming in terror because I'm not an idiot. I snuck out of bed and went over to his, <laughs> his bed. And when the woman gets there, I hit the edge of the bed. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, he ran screaming out of the room, and I was grounded for two weeks, and it was worth every moment. <laughs> well, it's funny, because as, as we were kind of getting ready for this podcast, I've, I've been kind of sitting here re-familiarizing myself, because I haven't read reread the book. Uh, but just kind of with stuff on Wikipedia, and it talks a lot about that there were a lot of groups that were criticizing these books. Yes, they were saying, I actually have this notes from myself. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and I'm sitting here going, at, at second grade, I thought the big toe, I was like, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, that's fine, put it in the stew, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, I think the, the, the statistic I found on there was, and it's from Wikipedia, was it says this, uh, the series is, list, is listed by the American Library Association, Association, blah, Association <laughs> as being the most challenged series of books from the 19th 
1990s, meaning there were more complaints about that series than any other book in the 90s. Most challenged? like And the challenged. seventh most challenged from the 2000s. And then just think of this, like, people challenged Harry Potter big time. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, like, oh, challenges challenge. in, like, against. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like, saying, we want this banned. Like, yeah. this should not be available to purchase. I mean, they're, they're listing things like murder, disfigurement, uh, cannibalism, and repulsiveness. It's just Really it's disgusting. Horror. Not appropriate for children. These are quotes. Yes. <laughs> totally appropriate for children. But, yeah, in the entire 1990s. So, the first book came out in 1981, the second in 84, and the third in 1991. So, three books to this day are still... And I think they said, what was it, like 2012? It was like number seven? Yeah, I made the list again in 2012. Yeah, so... Well, I think a lot of it, like, you know, they... To me, when I read them when I was a kid, it felt like it was geared to kids. It didn't feel like it was an adult book. And I think some of it's the brevity. Because they're so short, you don't really get very deep into the perspective. You're not really, like, submerged in, like, sensory details or gruesome, gritty. Like, there's gruesome stuff. The pictures were really, like, oh yeah, one of the most terrifying parts of it. But, like, it wasn't the same as if you were to read, like, you know, an adult horror book. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a campfire story. Right. Like, that's the kind of feeling to it. And that's exactly, exactly how I took the books when I was younger. Like, I, I didn't take the books as in, like, they were geared for kids. I took them as in they were geared for adults to scare the piss out of kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you read the nails, it, it kind of feels like going back and reading your first joke book. I'm like, this is every urban legend story I have pretty much ever heard. Yeah. Like, the babysitter from the first book is the this, the calls coming from inside the house. That's exactly yeah, what that right. story is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They, they, yeah. Read, they read almost as in like like if you read the first couple stories from the book like when I reread it it reads almost as if like hey are you a camp counselor here's something for you to take with yeah. you like that's what it reads as yeah I mean Absolutely. and you guys are right it's like no more than two maybe three or four pages yeah. maximum for any of the stories and that's with like one full page illustration and it's funny how that when you reread them too like even the first couple stories like the gangly man is in the first group big toe is in the first group and it says right in the beginning, this chapter is meant for jump scare. So they the books were almost created for the purpose of scaring people. Right. Yeah. So out of mild curiosity, I looked. Um, so the ALA lists, the American Library Association, yep. lists the top 100 books um, that get... Uh, Banned? Challenged. Challenged, yeah. Right. By decade... It, um, between 1990 and 1999, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was the number one challenge. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. From 2000 to 2009, it was the number seven. Wow. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I it's it. crazy. Yeah. To, to give a comparison, uh, where do you see? Uh... You know what? While you're while you're looking that up too, yeah. it's it's almost as if like that's why there were certain people in Hollywood who said this book is challenged. Okay, we're gonna make a movie out of it, <laughs> yeah, just to make it worse. Well, also nostalgia <laughs> right now is huge. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, especially for like our generation, because like, absolutely everybody at this table is in their thirties and like encroaching forty. Like it's exactly where we're all at. So like for us, this is like prime time to have. Some of us having kids, at, like people this age having kids that are getting close to like eight to ten for mm -hmm. some people, yeah. like in this generation, that's pretty common at this point. So. Now we're we're all rotten people at this table, and absolutely, uh, so and we're horrible. It makes me. I, I think I already know the answer to this question, but you know, if and when all of us, because none of us at this table have kids at the moment, yeah, we're all planning on it. But, you know, when it comes down to the point where our kids are old enough, or at least at the same age we were when we were reading these books. Are we willing to give them these books, or are we going to read them to them to make it worse? Because ah! I feel like I'm the kind of parent that would read it to my kids oh, instead of letting them read it on their own, because See, that gets the yeah the, the scare across better. See, I just so I view it differently because when I would read, if someone was reading it to me, and this is why I don't do audiobooks either, um, it was always a thousand times worse when it was in my head. So when I would read it. What I could imagine it being was always a thousand times worse than anyone else could read it to me. But the only downside to that is, too, and this was something I noticed rereading it, is like it says, even take using the big toe as another example, when you get to the end, it says to smack a table before saying it. 
Yeah. So it's telling you what to do the to cues. make the, it's giving you the cues. Exactly. So I don't know if that would come across the same way reading it first, knowing there's a cue just, for a jump scare. Just going to have TJ come it's to, to our out. house and just, like, here's a small child. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I plan to torture my kid. Exactly. Um, I'm not, like, uh, there's a, another podcast I listened to that they were telling a story about how their kid came to them and said, my friends were talking about this doll named Chucky. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the serial killer doll. You mean it's real? Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, exactly. Um, what show are you talking about? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm going to do crap like that. I'm going to, you know, as I'm saying goodnight to my kid, get, you know, as I'm closing the door, I'm going to flip off the light and go, don't let the monster under the bed eat you close. <laughs> and then I'm going to look at my wife and very pleasantly go, your problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God, I, I really hope your second wife is a lot better than I am. <laughs> but yeah, it's like putting your kid to bed and as you're closing the door, don't wake George in the closet. Yeah. I mean, I really think as Just a parent, you're to you're totally monkey. allowed to traumatize your child because they got to have like, something to tell the therapist. <laughs> I remember that, too. I feel like a lot of, like, I was always really into, I'm, I mean, I wasn't great with, like, super scary stuff, but I liked creepy things as a kid. And that was a creepy thing. I watched was, Beetlejuice before I was Oh my ten. god, absolutely. Like, I saw Beetlejuice when I was really little. Yeah. And I loved it because I really liked creepy things. I was a goth kid. I mean, like, you know, Honestly, so... when you look back on it, especially for uh, those of us encroaching on 40, a lot of the series, we, a lot of the movies we watched as kids were scary as hell when you were kids. Well, a lot of the, also the horror R-rated things from when we were kids became animated series as well. And you're like, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm like, Robocop. <laughs> Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah, these are smart choices. <laughs> no, but I, I'm talking like Ghostbusters. Or, Dude, um, Ghostbusters the animated series was absolutely messed up. Let's not get into that because we have a whole episode. Yeah, we're going to start with that episode later. But, you know, like not only that, but you look at, and we're kind of going off the scary story yeah. topic a little bit, but it relates because you look at a lot of the stuff from when we were younger, and some of it, while was horror, if a kid that age saw it, even though it's a horror film, there's something about it that they threw in there to kind of appeal to a little kid. Absolutely. Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. Granted, there are people out there that are scared to death of clowns that are even older than we are. I am totally scared to death of clowns, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space is one of my favorite it's movies. Movie. <laughs> you know, but, you know, you talk about, like, you know, clowns at a circus that are killing people. Well, kids just see clowns at a circus, so that appeals to a kid. Attack yeah. of the Killer Tomatoes. It's a giant tomato. What kid would not want to see that? Yeah. But, you know, so there were things from when we were younger that destroyed us, but that's because they kind of appealed to us in some mm -hmm. ways. Absolutely. Even though they shouldn't have. Yeah. Well, because I also think that as a kid, you don't grasp the entire thing. Exactly. You know, you look at it now and you're catching things in the movie like, you know, Killer Clowns and Rotten Tomatoes, or Killer Rotten Tomatoes, Killer Tomatoes. Because I definitely saw Killer both Tomatoes of Tomatoes from Outer Space? Yeah, I definitely saw both of those movies as a kid, but you don't grasp the entire concept of it. You yeah. just, you know, yeah. so there are things you miss. The, there's you know, a movie, and I can't remember what the name of it is, but there is a movie that I, I remember specifically I watched, and this goes right off my point. I watched because I thought it was geared to me, and it wasn't. And it was a movie that turned all of Grimm's fairy tales into horror stories, which, in essence, they really were Absolutely. when they were written. What is this. that movie? I can't remember. I'm going to have to look into it. Oh but I remember gosh. watching it because I thought it was a movie of fairy tales. Yeah. And it was Grimm's fairy tales. See, I watched the fairy tales that were the... I think it was canon fairy tales. It was the canon fairy yeah, tales. Yeah, it was the it was the opposite one to what everyone else watched. The Shelley Duvall ones, yeah. which was fairy oh, tale fairy theater. Fairy tale theater, theater yeah. yeah. And the um the canon ones were actually very creepy. And so honestly, those like again really appealed to me. There was a terrifying like the Hansel and Gretel one. There was the terrifying witch, and I was so scared. But I loved watching it. Um. Now going back to scary stories, yes, real quick, because <laughs> we do need to do that. Um. So. Was there any specific story for anybody here at the table or any piece of illustration from that that to this day still creeps them out a little bit? 
the gaunt woman with like the no eyes, oh, and I think yeah, maybe yeah. this on the second book. Uh, I think that might be the first one. I think it's haunted house. Okay, is that haunted house? Yeah, that so. I, that sticks in my head. I can still yeah. see that in my head. I don't know what story it's from. I don't. I don't remember the story, mm-hmm. but I just remember that it's very gaunt, it's, skeletal it's, woman with no eyes. It's the and... monster that they use for the big toe story in the movie. Yes, but that's for the haunted house in the books. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I keep going back to Big Toe just because that's one that keeps sticking. That's a story that's always stuck with me. Like I didn't, I wasn't even reminded. It took the movie to remind me that that was from Scary Stories to Tell. Yeah. The one that freaked me out oddly enough was the Hearst song. I don't know oh, if anybody yeah. remembers that. No, but I, don't. I, ju- I just Which brought that up because yeah, that's the one I just brought up. It was like an old like it's a, it, it's a song about like basically yeah, it's a wartime song. Yeah. So basically, what actually happens to your body a week after you're dead, mm-hmm. and it's talking about how your body falls apart and all that. So it's and the it's, worms crawling, the worms crawl out, the worms swipe knuckle on your scat on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah, it's uh, our friends of ours that you'll actually, we'll talk about before the end of this, actually recently did something for Patreon, uh, which is our friends from This Way to the Egress, who you hear their music at the beginning of the show, uh, and they recently did something fun for Scary Stories to Tell in Your Dark, and they actually do a cover of the Hearst song, so which is really cool. Oh, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. That now makes sense to me, because that, that song plays a big part in the movie, which... I totally had forgotten yeah. until now. Like, I just oh thought, oh, okay, they put that song in there, but I totally forgot that it, it was part of the books. I forgot it was part of the books, too. Yeah. See, I always, I remember the Big Toe one, too. I kept confusing it with another book. We were talking about it. Like, I kept confusing it with, what was the one Aaron and I looked it up? Like The Green Ribbon, and that was in, yeah. like, um, The Dark Room, The Dark Dark Room and other yes. scary stories. So I kept thinking that was the same thing. I know I read Scary Stories to Tell the Dark, too, but the big one that stuck out was Big Toe. Um, for, yeah, Teach, how about you? Any specific pieces? And you're like, no, nothing creeped me out. Uh, Honestly, even as a kid, it, uh, so I'm not a big horror fan, um, mainly because every time I watch a horror movie, and it was particularly bad in this one, um, the characters do something stupid that pulls me out of the movie. (laughs) And not just movie stupid, but, you know, bonehead stupid. Um, you couldn't even let it go just a little because they're they're kids. They're no, dumb kids. No, because even <laughs> as a kid, I would have. I don't. Well, I mean, are we not, spoiling the movie? We're not. Well, we're we're not into the movie discussion yet. Okay. We'll be there in just a second. All right. So for me, even reading the books, it's like, oh, I know how I would get away from this. This isn't scary. You know, I would rationalize it away. It's a doll. Just kick it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't understand why Chucky's a thing. At six years old, I'm pretty sure I have a longer arm than Chucky. Well, you got to sleep sometime. <laughs> yes, I'm Chucky pretty, doesn't. I'm pretty sure if and I let's... hang him on a hook, he ain't getting down. <laughs> All right, anyway, we're getting yeah. <laughs> Completely, Complete tangent at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lock the door. Ben, why don't you take us into the movie? Uh, yeah, so the movie just recently released, 2019, which, uh, beginning of this month, or was it July? I believe it was end of July? No, it was August. It was yeah. August, okay, because we're still in August now. Uh, August this. 9th was released. Because yes, we only saw it, it two, weeks two weeks ago. ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. But it was like the release weekend, I think. Was I think it was the yes, release weekend. Yeah. It was the opening yeah. weekend of the movie, yeah. uh, in which the five of us went and saw it. and We can spoil the crap out of it, because it's past our two-week mark. Exactly. Mark- exactly. By the time this releases, awesome. it's special. So. Yeah, so spoiler full ahead, so no spoiler warning. Well, this is your spoiler warning. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, uh, I think it's... I should have had this information ready, uh, but I think what was the running time? About an hour and forty. It was close to two hours. Was it close yeah. to two hours? Oh, okay. Wow. Do you have what the rating of the movie was? I'm, I'm going to get that. I think it's right? PG thirteen. PG thirteen. It was PG thirteen. So which makes sense. Um, but I mean, you know, other than that, it's it's basically a a compilation of kind of like a greatest hits, but like yeah. not even like it, it was they. Picked different stories from the book series. And not just from the first book, either. There no, were, I mean, like, Harold, was... which is, like, the, what they kicked the movie off of, which is one of the most well-known, uh, was yeah. from Scary Stories 3. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but, I mean, for the most part, like, even, like, I think The Red Spot, I believe, was from, like, the third book as well. And, and basically, yeah. I think what they did, and I think and I think this is something that they did right with the movie, too, was they took one story from the book, and they kind of used that as the centralized story to tie everything together. 
and then they kind of branched off into all these different stories from the books. And the beauty of it is, too, with so many stories coming from these books is that we can get more. There's definitely options and availability to make a second movie. Yeah, I think the way they ended it felt like that. Yeah, I think so, too. Because I even asked when we left. I was like, think we'll get a sequel. And every one of you were like, yep. Like, no question about it. But, I mean, you know, as far as the movie goes, just this is me personally, and we'll go around the table as to what everybody thought about it. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't read the stories in probably two decades, if not Mm -hmm. longer. Um all I knew was this was something I wanted I wanted to watch for two reasons. One, because we were going to be talking about it on the podcast, obviously. And two, nostalgia. I wanted to see what would come back. And in watching this movie, even though I hadn't read these stories in so long, man, the notes hit with the stories that they had. The Big Toe, you know, the Worms Carlin, you know, the Hearthstone, uh, the Gangly Man. All these things came back. And even the Red Spot... There were certain points that I even asked you, I was like, did you think this was going to affect this person? You were like, yeah, absolutely. So even there were stories that were coming about that reminded me of the stories from when I read them. And then there were little hints of stories that were yet to come in the movie that made me anticipate when they were going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. I really like the fact that they put it in the 60s. Because when you when you move into a decade like that, it then becomes kind of timeless. Yeah, you know, because then you can watch it at any point. But it's also yeah. kind of like, how do we be political about now without seeming like we're being political about now? And like, just talk about the generation that was just like this one. That's, you know? That uh-huh. was correct. Yeah, yeah, it like, was kind of like startling to see the similarities, right? And then I actually thought that yeah, because you're not going to divide because you're talking about something that happened in the past. So uh-huh. well, it's weird that you say that too, because I almost forgot that it took place in the '60s because of how similar. Everything that was happening in that movie is to today. Right? Yeah. That was scary. But they focused on the timeless aspects, like Aaron was saying, you know? Yeah, definitely. TJ, you've been been (laughs) waiting to give us your positive. (laughs) Well, no, because we can say something positive, and you can say something negative, and then we'll say more positive things. Is this why you're trying to liquor him up so he's a little bit nicer? (laughs) No, 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 that's not going to work. It would be the wrong way to do that. Um... Oh, God, this was a... They telegraphed every scare, every stupid... It's a little, kid's movie. Uh, no, it's not. A PG-13, no children are getting in this. It's a young adult's movie. Actually, they can. I know people that did take their kids. Yeah, I know, but they're not supposed to. No. You can. You can. Whatever. It's not illegal. Yes, but a kid can't go by himself. That's... Okay, that's the truth. So it's not a kid's movie. A kid's movie is G. And let me tell you, that probably might have been better. <laughs> I mean, could, the, the, tell us how you really feel. Adults were stupid. I mean, for the love of Christ. I'm going to preface. I think TJ is the only one at this table that didn't enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. The acting was good. Like yeah. the, the, the kids the, acted their the, faces the, off. Yeah, oh my God, the kids obviously thought they were in a different movie. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, because they were acting like they were going to win an Oscar for this. Okay. The adults realized they were getting a paycheck. <laughs> Honestly, there really weren't that many adults in it. I'm um, talking about the sheriff specifically. Oh, God. Hey, you yeah, leave Gilbellas alone. <laughs> I'm going to stand here and shoot the creature that is moving and reforming itself. He <laughs> it was pretty terrible, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the acting was great, and I agree that setting in the 60s was a great idea because it gets rid of the problems of, hey, we've got a cell phone. Yeah. Um, get it, you know, though I will say, you know, the, the, the walkie-talkie trope is sort of, I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't get my walkie-talkie to work over four feet, and these people are using walkie-talkies across towns. Well, I mean, also, uh, it's purely <laughs> dependent on the type of walkie-talkies. Like, the ones that you get from, like, KB Toy Stores when in the 1980s barely made it across the house. It yeah, looked yeah, like they were using, like, CB-type they, Yeah, they probably, but they were, they were legitimate, kid, at least. You know. it, it was one of those, how many kids, you know, had those in the 60s? And it just seems to be a recurring trope, and I've noticed it since Stranger Things, everybody seems to use one walkie-talkies. Use thing. Hey, Stranger Things <laughs> used those walkie-talkies for something big and important. Yeah. And that was singing the Neverending Never Story. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It was great. But God, I'm just that saying, was a treasure. <laughs> it was wonderful. But, you know, once you got into the horror aspects, you could have plugged in... and there, Except for the using the illustrations to create the monsters, yeah. you could have plugged in anything here. 
It could have been a vampire. It could have been Frankenstein, and it wouldn't have made any difference. <laughs> well, I mean, on that note, too, because I agree with you, the jump scares were kind of telegraphed, but that... To me, I'm so desensitized to horror that jump scares never get me. The last movie that even made me jump at all was 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I've seen a bunch of horror movies in in theaters. So real quick, Kat, you felt differently about Mm -hmm. a lot of that as far as the the scares to that movie. Oh, yeah, I was terrified, but I'm a huge (laughs) wuss. Yeah, no, I adored the movie because because it was very creepy. I really loved the monsters, but... Whenever Guillermo del Toro is involved in making monsters, they will terrify the ever-loving bejesus out of me. And that will wreak havoc on me. Like, I, I still can't rewatch Pan's Labyrinth for that reason. Because Pan Lab- Pan's Labyrinth, the monsters were so creepy that I was like, no. Well, yeah, I the best thing about that, too, and I think the, the reason they are so creepy is because they're done... They're not done digitally. There's, oh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of CGI. It was all practical. It makes such a huge difference. Yeah, with, it really with the exception does. of a couple yeah. of shots, I think everything was done practically. Yeah. Which was pretty cool to see. Well, when they did the gangly man, that actor was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was practical effects the whole time. He was not happy about that. He was like, I better be getting paid double. <laughs> yeah. You're going to put me back together, right? <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, the thing about Guillermo, too, is like, his his creations, whether they're scary or not, are gorgeous. Oh, they're they're a piece of art. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you look at Shape of Water at the same time, which was not a horror movie. Yeah. But the 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 creature from Shape of Water was a beautifully created creature. Yeah. And it was also in Hellboy, but he denies that. But anyway. <laughs> are you telling me that that's not the prequel to Hellboy? I keep saying it is, but he, <laughs> he denies it. It's like no, not the same creature. I'm like. You're telling me that's not Abe Sapien. Sure. <laughs> it looks exactly like him, and it's the same actor playing him. But okay, it's not a, it's not a prequel to Hellboy. But yeah, I mean, that was the one thing we didn't mention at the top of the movie discussion, is that Guillermo was the, behind the helm for this movie. No, he wasn't the director. He was a producer. Oh, he, he was a producer. He, cre- he did the creatures. He helped, he, well, his, he helped with production. That okay. was it. Yeah. It was, it I was. Thought he directed, too. Oh, no. No. Well, no, that's right. No. Okay. But even him having a hand in it, like it's gonna, they're good. The monsters are gonna be creepy and they're gonna terrify me. He's one of those people that has a signature that it, even if he's just involved in it, you can tell. It's, it's, you know what it's gonna be. It's like kind of thinking of how everybody, I think, down the road will view this is a Guillermo del Toro movie in the same way that everybody's like Tim Burton directed the crap out of Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm like, he didn't direct that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. And I was like, he was the producer on that movie, but that was it. And yeah. it's it's almost how like a lot of people call uh, From Dust Till Dawn a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm like, no, that's Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Quentin helped write it, but so yes. you, he has his influence on it, but he did not direct the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar. That's how Guillermo's going to come off with this movie too. I guarantee. Yeah, because yeah. it definitely has his his. His style is all yep. over it. All yeah, over it. absolutely. Um, any big major kind of positive takeaways from the movie? Oh, I mean, I thought it was really compelling. I think the framework that they used to integrate all the short stories worked really, really effectively. It's rare to be able to pull off an anthology that's tied together. Yes. Like, I think... And we're going to talk about another one in another episode, too, in Goosebumps. Yes, yeah. we are. Um, and that's a little bit more... Loose, but yeah, kind of. And that's a little bit more family friendly than. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Than what this is. Way more family friendly. I was like, when you said that, I'm like, we're gonna talk about trick or treat. I thought we were doing family friendly. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'd be fine doing an entire episode on trick or treat, but I, I, I have a feeling people will be confused about which show they're listening to. Yeah. yeah. And, and just for the record, by family friendly, we mean good. Hey, <laughs> you're not invited back on any future episode. No, no, <laughs> no. We like the opposite, yeah. but that's the, one of the reasons. Why I mean, we're gonna do one that's Hocus Pocus and the Witches too. I mean, yes. Oh, both of those movies are amazing. Um, my biggest takeaway from this movie was apparently if you're not related to a patient in a, in a mental ward, you can still take them out even without the parents' permission. Sixties. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. yeah. Apparently you just walk right in and take anybody you want. Speaking of mental ward. Yes. <laughs> okay, so being as we're all in, you know, eastern Pennsylvania, yeah, eastern Pennsylvania, 
there was a huge shout out to Penhurst. Oh, oh yeah, in here. And it wasn't a huge shout out to Penhurst. It was Penhurst. It was Penhurst. Yeah. That was awesome. Which I thought was one of the cool things. And and you know, having been there and 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 so forth. Like at one point, they go down into the tunnels to yeah. go into the the what's called the red room, which is like the records room. And I'm sitting there going, I've been in those fucking tunnels. Excuse my language. Family friendly. Yeah. Family friendly. Family friendly. Bleep me. We're gonna have to bleep for the first time. <laughs> Children, what I just said was a very bad word. <laughs> then you should go ask your parents what it means. <laughs> also, the fact too, we're also drinking, so that's true. true. That's very true. But yeah, that I that put a huge smile on my face when when I saw Penhurst the sign. I, I know was like, that was so exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. It, it made me think like like they're in Mill Mill City, correct? Uh, it's like New Mill. Like New Mill City, so it made it made me think. Okay, is it Millersville? Which I think is the, so. You know, is that and that's because you asked me that in the theater yeah. real quick, and we're like, wait. Is this Millersville? And I'm like, it may very it well be. Yeah, well, which I thought was it really It could cool. have even been a fictional city because they did travel via bus to get to Penhurst. So they could have come from anywhere. That is true. I just was kind of putting two and two together. Yeah. Like if you're traveling from bus, it would be yeah. about an hour and a half from Millersville and stuff like that. I was like, well, maybe that's what they're trying could to put this in. Yeah. yeah. But and, I thought that was really cool. And I, I don't know that. if it was advertised, but until they showed Penhurst, I completely didn't realize it was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I was just Except like, Except oh. for the fact that they mentioned it. And a couple times. <laughs> what, that they were in Pennsylvania? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, apparently I, I was asleep for those the, because I was asleep for most of the movie. That's fine. That you were asleep. Cat was pretty much in Rob's lap for the entire <laughs> yeah, movie. Like, this you is being so asleep scary. explains why you didn't like the movie. You just weren't paying attention. Well, it was so boring. <laughs> I will say, I think they did an amazing job, though, of for having a PG 13 movie where you can't have blood and gore. Uh, they did a really good job of making sure the suspense stayed built up, yeah. though, at like. Yeah. You know, specific times. And again, it's not, again, to TJ, I mean, it's not built for really an adult audience, but it, it, adults can definitely enjoy it. I mean, like everybody here, you, you <laughs> did enjoy the movie. But I mean, I'm saying is, I think that suspense really works well if it's a family or a young adult yeah. going to see this because it stays and holds still. Yeah. Because even with all of that. It still had all of us still feeling like on the edge, and I'm like, okay, it's gonna happen. I mean, like sometimes the payoffs and stuff like that weren't like, oh dear God, but like there was enough of them that felt creepy and yeah. got under your skin a little bit, and it kind of worked just the right way. Well, it's funny because I feel like I went through two separate dichotomies. Like the night before, TJ and I at like eleven o'clock at night watched it because mm-hmm. he had never seen it. We're gonna go see the new one coming out. Yeah. Me too. So excited. And then the next day we went and saw this, and I felt just on as on the edge during That's it really as I good. did during this movie. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I'm not a big fan of of blood and gore. I hate the idea of gore porn and, yeah, and that kind yeah. of of thing. But like, so there's one part where Harold comes after the kid and stabs him with a pitchfork, and mm-hmm. instead of having blood, it's straw coming out of him. I thought that was really. I clever. thought that was so cool, and mm-hmm. and it, like, if I was a kid, I think I would have I would have been just as scared as I was. But more okay with that. Well, you know, it's, 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 this is why probably people challenged the book as much as they did because Scary Stories 3. If anybody remembers Harold at this table, I, can't, I never I read that one. So two people are picking and basically abusing the scarecrow in the field. The scarecrow comes alive and skins them. Oh, God. He skins them and leaves their skin out to dry out overnight. That's what happens in the book. Oh, God. For oh, God. children. <laughs> Challenge. I, I would really like to know who uses that type of scarecrow in a cornfield. I mean, seriously. That was... Like, if I drove past that scarecrow, I'd go, Oh, hey, look, a crazy person lives on that farm. Yeah. No, pretty much. <laughs> dealt with many scarecrows in your life, DJ? What? Have you dealt with many scarecrows in your life? Actually, I've dealt with a couple. Okay. Yeah. Batman characters don't count. Uh, okay, then only two. Okay. <laughs> Wizard of Oz doesn't count. Still two. Down to one. <laughs> no, I used to live in Boyertown. There were a couple of cornfields out, out that there. way that had scarecrows. In oh, there. I mean, there. Yeah. From where we are now, there. Yeah. You can find fields just. I mean, in my we can job, probably, like, You can throw a stone. Pat, and, yeah. yeah. I'm here, like we're, we're, we're 25 minutes from Amish country, guys. I yeah, mean, yeah. like it's not far. There are fields in Westchester. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And it's and the scarecrows there always looked at least. Normal, but here's the here's the difference though between the scarecrows there and the scarecrow from uh, Scary Stories: Time of Dark. 
It's a movie. <laughs> I, I, I know, but I still wouldn't mess with it because I'm an intelligent person. Yeah, Harold actually really reminds me of when I used to work at, at Bates Maton Haunted Hayride. I used to work a lot in the corn maze, and they had oh, just really? scarecrows all throughout there. Some were real people and some were not. And the ones that were not really actually kind of remind me of Harold, and I would definitely, like, yell at them as I walked by getting to my spot because I hate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. That would creep me out. Well, that scarecrow is very creepy. It's one of those things you look at and you go, you know who, you, you realize that this town has had this house in it for what? Uh, what was it? 60, 70 years? 100 years? Something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Right. And nobody had found this room or this book until these five morons showed up. Well, look, <laughs> apparently draft dodgers are more intelligent than everybody else. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was actually pretty to cool to bring that, that in. That, to bring I want in you that. to think about so that too. statement for a minute. I yeah. I actually thought that was really cool to bring that part into it, just like a really subtle nod to why he was. And what was going on in that time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I and it took me a few seconds when he said the, the you know, the, I can't remember the kid's name. Or Ramir, like, is it? I don't remember it I either. can't remember his yeah. name. But, like, the, the cop comes up and is kind of really jerky to him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just following the harvest. And I was like. Okay, and then it took me a few minutes to be like, he's telling him he's a migrant worker, and he's following. Uh, yeah, I did not put that together. I, yeah, yeah, it took me a little while to really put that together, but I thought I just thought there were really cool nods to political yeah. statements that would. I thought so too. I thought know, they made across. they made a lot of good points with things and pointed out certain things that. Is not it's not going to get everyone's hackles up because it was in the '60s, so people. But it's stuff that's still prevalent today. Yeah, absolutely. What did you find, Dave? Okay, so I was looking up the guy's name. His name is Ramon. Oh, but yeah. I'm looking down the okay, cast cool. list. Yeah. And it's Matt Smith as Mr. Steinberg. Not that Matt Smith. Not that, not that Matt Smith. Because <laughs> I mean, like, wait, I don't remember Doctor Who being in this movie. Yeah. Right. So I looked, it's a voice actor. <laughs> okay. Funny. But there I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I guess that's pretty much. Wraps up the conversation. On yeah, the movie. I mean, I mean and, and unless anybody else has any final any, things any to mention about scary should, stories, the question is: Should we rate it? <laughs> I don't know. This is our first episode of this, so I don't know what you want to do. I don't see do. a problem in giving a rating to it. Um, okay, TJ's rating doesn't count. TJ's rating absolutely counts because you know it's an What is the rating scale? What is the rating scale? Do we want to use the same? Well, we can't use this the same exact scale we use for our other podcast. Um, let's go through a one through five. Okay. One, one being the worst, okay. uh, which is what we know TJ is going to give it, and five being the best. I have dragged TJ to some really bad horror movies and made him watch <laughs> horror movies. One horror movie actually got up in the middle of it. We were home and he goes, I'm going to go fold laundry. <laughs> so I know this is not... Never watch Unfriended. <laughs> but bad horror movies, and this is something we could talk about in a, in a future episode or a different podcast, rather. Yeah. Uh... Bad horror movies are sometimes the best horror movies. They really are. They're wonderful. No, the one that broke him was The Gallows. It was fantastic, and it's so bad. I forgot about The Gallows. That's okay. They just announced that, what is Attack of the Killer Donuts? Yes, I was just going to bring that up. There's a difference between a bad movie. Like an absolute B-rated horror movie. Like, for example, I love the movie Oscar. And so do I. Yeah, but it's not a good movie. It's a funny movie, and I enjoy it. But it's not a good movie. No, I, I agree with you right. 100%. Okay. And then there's bad movies. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, there, there's a difference between, you know, like I said, I, I personally just don't believe that there is – sometimes the, the, the best – horror movies are the worst horror movies. Mm. Or sometimes the worst horror movies are the best horror movies. I'll let me yeah. first that. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, and we just learned a valuable lesson in that you have to be very careful when a black cat crosses your path. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> let's go around the table and we'll give sure. a one through five ranking of the of scary stories. And then probably next episode we'll come up with an actual witty yeah, yeah. rating scale. Something a little something Could a little be different. the boost scale. Well, maybe. <laughs> one, one, one drink, one I still remember this movie. Two drinks, I, I'm only going to remember part of it. Three, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll start with the we'll start with the guest of the podcast first. 
Uh, we'll, we'll start with TJ, since we know it's going to be relatively on the lower end, but on a scale of uh, one I, to five. I, I'm going to give it a two. Because like I said, the, the kids were great actors. Um, when it wasn't being a horror movie, I thought it was pretty good. And every time it introduced the horror elements, apparently everybody just lost their goddamn mind. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's that's the premise of most horror films. <laughs> I, I mean, it left them completely. That's, that's the premise of most horror Intelligence films. left the door. Aaron. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it a four. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it was the best movie I've ever seen. I don't think it was the best horror movie I've ever seen. I wish this movie was around when I was a kid because I think I would have really liked it. Um, it probably would have scared the hell out of me. Uh, but yeah, four. I think that's good. Um, yeah, I think I'm there with four too because like it was a lot of fun and it was really creepy and I thought they just did a really fantastic job. The kids were great. Like their acting was phenomenal. Um, also, out of four. Um, I, I generally think that it's rare to find a good Halloween-esque film for a young adult slash new adult audience, which yeah. is not like a gore fest or things like that. And ones that you could see at least standing the, the test of time for at least over a decade or so. And I think this movie has a chance to do that. I can because see it sticking it, around. So much of it being practical, the fact that it's set in a different time frame, so mm-hmm. it... It doesn't. It made itself dated without being dated, which is smart, and I think that was the right way to do it. And I, I think, you know, you go back and watch like Hocus Pocus, as much as we all love that now, and when we get to that, we'll talk about that a little bit. But it's like, it's hard not to say, "Wow, that is some '90s ass clothing." Like, you know, like <laughs> oh lord, and, <laughs> and '90s ass acting. Yeah, but oh, I mean, and '90s ass oh. bullies too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Even just, um, because what, the kid Max was from California. Yeah. And, like, the comment that It's like, the oh, tubular, it's so like, yeah. and, like, so the dude Ice with, like, the, his name shaved in the back of his head. And, like, these were all very, very sad little 90s tropes. Yeah. But, like, you know, but this one, like, you look at it and you, I think people won't see those things there. And I think that is why it might be able to last. Yeah. yeah I agree long completely. Long, for sure. I'm um, giving it a four as well. I mean, we're, you know, with the exception of TJ, we're, we're in the same board. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. I agree that the acting was, was, was great from all the characters. Jump scares didn't get me, but that's because they usually don't. So, you know, I, even, even with it that you mentioned, there was one very particular jump scare in the garage. Oh, God. Didn't make me jump because I'm just. I You're dead inside. You've seen one jump scare. You've seen every jump that's scare. That's not that's true. Not that true. far from true. Because there are still horror movies that make me jump. It's rare, but it happens. All my brain can think of is the cat in Community in the one Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with this cat. cat. <laughs> and then Jeff Winger, You're stretching it! <laughs> um... Wow, Halloween episodes of shows. That was another episode we could do, too. Yeah, yeah, we definitely definitely could. We'll get there. We, yeah. I think we have everything for the season. I think we do. But we we're, we're talking about potentially doing a season two next year, too. So it's fine. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, and I kind of throwing in, I throw it in the same category as Goosebumps, which we'll talk about later, but also um, A House with its Clock Lens Walls, which is, it's geared for young adults, but uh, older adults can enjoy it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think this is something that kind of goes along the lines of the way that Ben and I work with DC. Does anybody have any other ghost-friendly movies that kind of go into play that anybody wants to recommend to anybody before we close out? I'm trying to think. Like, there are a lot of really cool 80s Halloween movies. Like Casper the Friendly. Like I was going to say Casper yeah. the Friendly. Casper's good. <laughs> Don't you dare. Oh, no, I won't kiss. Okay. The Halloween That Almost Wasn't is a really good one. Well, that's I mean, a, we'll get into stuff like that later, but I mean, I'm thinking that's why more ghost-oriented. More ghost-oriented. Okay. But if not, it's okay. Because if not, we'll all just say, just go watch like, Go watch Casper. Oh, go watch Casper. I have, I have a good one. It was one of my favorites growing up. It's called The Child of Glass, and it's yeah. a Disney movie. It's when Disney did a t- Remember, they used to do those... It was like a 70s movie. Disney had all of these Oh, it's like you go back to like Darby O'Gill yeah. and Little People and Mr. Boogity. Yes. Mr. Yeah. Boogity. Um, but the, but the gla- it was called, it's like the child of glass or the glass child. And it's yeah. this little boy and his family move into a plantation. And the little girl who was killed during like Civil War time appears to the little boy. And oh, you creepy. find out that she fell down the well. 
and oh, her, God, doll, her doll got stuck in the wall and they find the doll. It's really good and scary as hell and I loved it. You know what? Oh, around this too, I'm going to bring up another classic one too because it fits this theme. The Watcher in the Woods. <gasps> I was just thinking that. <laughs> it's another another creepy, weird Disney Halloween yeah. kind of movie that's disturbing. Disney did a couple of those where it was just and like... It terrified me as a child. Yeah. Narek. Yes. Remember she keeps like, yeah. The, um, it's not ghosts, but it is monsters. Coraline. Like, oh, it's God. got the same type of vibe where it's that whimsical, hey, creepy. We're I think doing we're talking one. about that. I think yeah. we're going to be doing oh, an episode yeah. of Wonder Coraline. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. So we, we'll, we'll probably be publishing our, our, our chapters for, for this season, probably when we release this episode. So, but yeah, we'll get into those. Um, do you have any last ones? Uh, or are you good? The, the only other ones I can really think of, and they're not scary at all, is, <laughs> but I love them nonetheless, are the Scooby-Doo movies. Whether you go animated oh, or live yeah. action. Because the live action ones were, da- were done by James Gunn. A lot of people don't remember that. <laughs> the same guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy did Scooby-Doo. Did he do the first and the second one? Yes, he did. He worked on both of them. The first one has its issues. The second one's my favorite, though, because it goes through all those original ghosts. Yeah, exactly. It goes through. Oh, it it touches awesome. more on the, the actual cartoon rather than being an original story. Oh, people can watch the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Well, they actually just released an animated movie that... In- uh, that finally introduces who the 13th ghost was. They oh, ended really? the series as a special movie. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to go back and check I that know. out. That's yeah, awesome. uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mar- Maurice LaMarche, uh, who was the brain, actually comes back to voice Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, going to have to check that out. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But our, uh, for the most part, our glasses are empty. Which Our I think glasses is- are empty. We're yes. under an hour still, so it's now time to say I goodbye. think it's a good time to, to wrap things up on this first episode of the podcast. Yeah, so just a reminder, uh, make sure to head over to probably actually just the next level Facebook page, I would assume it's probably going to be, because there's no reason to make a special page just for eight episodes. Yeah, just so. go to uh, facebook.com slash the next level network where you'll be able to find all the episodes. Uh, the next level network.com slash still afraid is going to be, it'll be set up by the time you're hearing this. So And uh, yeah, the videos will be posted all on the Facebook page. So. And we can probably link them on the Facebook page too, yeah. or on the, on the website yeah. as well. So remember uh, to look for the recipe on how to make uh, the red spot. Uh, so, and obviously the reason that the drink was the way it was is the real version will have frozen red at the very bottom of the glass. Then it's kind of like a skin tone with black rum floating on top. So we have our pimple, skin tone, and spiders. So, and it was mighty tasty. So that was I'm pretty not good. Gonna lie. It was really good. Uh, but also a big special thanks to our good friends at This Way to the Egress for providing our music. Please vi- uh, visit them over at This Way to the Egress, and that's spelled E G R E S S dot com. And that's where you can find out their, uh, finding their music. You can support the band via the merch store or through their Patreon. Uh, especially right now because I know they've got something cool they're doing with uh, classic scary stories. So definitely now a good time to go sign up for that Patreon. And of course, special thanks to our first guests of our first episode. Erin, oh, uh, TJ, and Kat. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this first episode. Yeah, and we'll be back with Chapter 2, Tale of Sleeping Hollow. Nice. 